And lo, the gods looked down and said, Hey, you know what's a classic thing? A buddy cop team-up, where one's kind of the good cop and one's kind of the bad cop, and they don't really like each other much, but they have to team up anyway. That is what it says in the scriptures. And this is American Godcast. I'm Alex. And lo, Riggs said, I'm the <laughs> crazy cop. And lo, Murtaugh said, I'm getting too old for this shit. And ev- and the people rejoiced. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about American Gods Season 3, Episode 4, The Unseen uh, lots of stuff going on in this episode. As usual, caveat, we're not going to recap the entire episode, so do go watch it first before you go out of here. Yes, because we're we, should not about be, some of... we should not be your primary source of American Gods content. No, I think your primary source should be American Gods. Yes, right. but we're right up there just touching it, <laughs> right behind it, like right it's, abutted it. I don't know if this is true, but I'm hearing a rumor that if you watch episodes of American Gods, there's a little uh, one like a little superseded one in there. Uh-huh. And if you look down at the bottom, it, it says, see American Godcast. That's yeah. exactly right. And yeah. honestly, like Shadow Moon, if he's the American Gods, we're like the little technical boy, just right <laughs> nipping at oh, his little no. heels. Absorbing the information into our hands. Just three technical the information boys. Goes. Exactly. Uh, so uh, let me give the broad overview of this episode just so we can kind of lay it in because lots of stuff went up here, uh, as I teased at the beginning, uh, the main thrust of the episode was we got to team up with Technical Boy and Shadow Moon as they tried to track down Bilquis. Uh, Shadow Moon had a vision, Technical Boy is trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, turns out it's, uh, kind of straightforward what happened to Bilquis, uh, because she unbirthed this guy, Bill Sanders, who is like a very... I don't know, Mark Zuckerberg type, I guess. Sure. Yes. Big time. Elon Musk, maybe, probably a little more appropriate. I believe I'm not 100% One sure of those about this. Assholes. I think that's the same. I think that's the same person. Oh, they're the same guy? Yeah. In our world. <laughs> uh, so they go there after There can't her. be two big assholes like that, both running companies. Come on. Sounds crazy. Uh, they try to track her down while they're tracking her down and having an uneasy alliance. Bilquis is being tortured. Uh, Miss World, who turns into Mr. World, we get to see Mr. World. Oh, again, come on. Finds out. Well, that's unbelievable. That in a uh, finds out about Bilquis, goes there, kills the main guy, interrogates her himself, and she's going through a journey of trying to figure out who she actually is. Yeah. And by the end of the episode, we find out uh, that she's actually forgotten her real name. She's not Bilquist. There was something she was before that. Seems like she might have been an African god or an original if god. If you listen to weekend. heavy metal in a room like that, you're going to forget a lot of things. You know what I mean? Come on. Who could withstand that? I mean, I've been listening to Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license on a loop and pretty much the same thing, Pete. Wow. Yeah, I believe that. That explains that starried look in your eyes right now. Yes. So while all of that is going on with Bilquis, uh, Mr. Wednesday is, I believe, still kind of trying to track down Demeter, if I understood what was happening here. That's what he's trying to do, but then he gets a little waylaid because he has to go hang um, with Marilyn Manson. (laughs) As we all do. Sometimes Uh, you got to do it. He goes to Halle East, a bar. Marilyn Manson is a little out of control because his bandmates have died. This yep. is uh, the documentary portion, of course, of the show. Sure, sure. Uh, and he goes nuts, torches the bar, and Mr. Wednesday loses his mind in an ambulance. Definitely seems like loses it's really, his not mind in quotes. All. It's it's all <laughs> yeah. fake. It's all he's. It's all part Absolutely. of his plan. 
yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on with him. We'll delve into that more in a second. And then Laura Moon. Yes. Down Ooh. in purgatory Boo. due to some finagling in the real world. The potion that she had that would bring her back to life mixes with her ashes, mixes with some of Mad Sweetie's blood. And she actually comes back to life for real this time, takes Mad Sweetie's ashes and heads off on a trip to lay him to rest because he is dead for real while she is alive for real. Wait, uh, wait, so, yeah. wait. Come on, man. No, 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 no. What? I'm not going to... The leprechaun's got to live and she's got to go. I'm not going to sit through the reverse of that. That's awful. You can't Why do can't that. Why can't they just... Well, they could just both live, right? The, fine. If you're going to have both of them live, but don't take the better character and have them die oh. while this... POS is walking around being a complete douche. Whoa, unnecessary. Um, I, I he's douching it up all over the place. Goodness, piece of shimmering goodness. Is that what that stands for? Yeah. Yep. Shimmering. Um, the uh, I I think she picked up the the magic coin. I think there's a good chance we could see little Mad Sweeney coming back. That's what I'm I'm hoping. That's otherwise I wouldn't. I'd walk away from the show. I I don't want to be a jerk about this. I think he's on another show. And that's what's going on there. I don't think he's coming back. Don't say that. Don't break my I heart like so. that. that. That's what we all thought about Mr. World, Alex, and in your yeah, face exactly. television. Thank you, Justin. Sure. I, you. I have so many thoughts about this episode. Uh, my main thought, which Pete is going to love, and I'll establish uh, one of the things that Pete loves when I say this. Really like the first half of this episode. Oh, you, oh, you fucking... Pete you just, is uh, generally not a fan. He, he he would like us all to be very bitery. Either you love the episode or you hated it. Nothing in between. There's yeah. no variation. No, that's not. But the way you break it up, like yeah, he that's the way like... things are talked about. Well, but here's... here's I'll tell you. I'll tell you the reason it's that I like the first half thing. better is I loved Shadow Moon and Tactical Boy teaming up. I thought that was a ton of fun. Yeah. Love that plot line. I was like, I'm all into I could tell Let's you do an that. episode where there are a bunch of detectives tracking down Bilquis. That's great. I love this episode. This is cool. Yeah. Let's just focus on this. And then the second half of the episode, we got a bunch of good stuff, but it started to fracture into all of these different pieces that just didn't feel like they connected thematically. You know, Have you it became a wash show? of different things happening versus this focus that we got in the first half. Pete doesn't like things broken up. So if you ever see him like out eating um, a hot dog, he um, unhinges his jaw and just sucks the whole thing in because he doesn't want to eat uh, bites or bite it. Real, uh, real Joey Chestnut over here. Yeah, I don't I don't like when things uh, breaking things up. I mean, you know how I feel about the movie Step Up, but since they've broken up, I can't go back and watch it. It's too heartbreaking. Yeah, that makes the most sense as a comparison here. Yeah. What are what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just are saying you talking about Chatting Tatum and Jenna Doom Tatum? Yeah. Oh. Je- De- Jenny Dewan okay. Tatum. Anyways. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I something that I liked more <laughs> than the uh buddy cop duo thing that you loved was this opening. The absolute animation kind of going through creation opening was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, just so well done, so artistic, so beautiful, so powerful. I was just really impressed with, I mean, that's the kind of statements I love about this show, what makes this show great. I mean, that was really cool. I agree with you, Pete. And let me say to your point, Alex, um, I, I really like this episode and I thought, despite the lack of thematic connections, I thought they did a good job of weaving their plots together 
just in the construction of the episode. There were a lot of really good transitions here, mm-hmm. and it really felt like they owned the fact that they have so much going on. We're like, let us walk you through this a little bit easier than we usually do. And so everything sort of flowed naturally between uh, between the characters, even if there wasn't a reason per se for having the technical boy shadow team up going alongside the lore moon stuff. Yeah. I mean, I will say, obviously I was trying to poke the bear a little bit here with Pete, but this was my favorite episode of the season so far. I wow. Think. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Even if I wasn't, if I, I was bubbed out a little bit about well, how the structure I mean, went, hold on. I think to your point, Justin, all the individual things were interesting enough that I enjoyed watching them. Interesting. You're such a lakeside homer that you like this episode the most. I was very surprised as well. I think I think what I what I've been trying to get at with the lakeside stuff in the first three episodes is I like the focus there. Like I like that we are getting uh, interesting new things for the characters to do versus going over the same conversations and the same things over and over again, like we do here on this podcast. Uh, the <laughs> and in this episode, it felt taking like we shots at us, bro. Different ways. Of the characters felt like they were all moving forward here, including Mr. Yeah. Wednesday, even though he's pulling in his old scams. It's a new type of scam and it's new dynamic with Marilyn Manson at the bar. So it felt a little fresher than usual. Yeah. I guess um, the car finally went into the lake when it comes to Alex's. Uh, see, that's why I originally said this is my favorite, but then I was like, I didn't get enough car to actually call see, that's, this my favorite. But Alex, they, that's, how you, that's how you poke the bear, bring up a sad car. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I really think that I agree with Justin. Also, they brought back a lot of the cinema photography, like that last shot of like uh, her getting into the truck and kind of like the road ahead. That was really beautiful with some great music. Like uh, when this show really tries to make artistic choices and do some cool stuff, it's impressive. And I didn't there weren't like some parts that. I felt like waned or hurt the whole of it. But uh, yeah, I was impressed with this show. uh, To your point, uh, I think that does come through in the opening sequence, which was great. Uh, Really well animated, really well laid out. Maybe miss Mr. Nancy quite a bit. Uh, Orlando Jones was so awesome in that part. And that felt like a classic Mr. Nancy speech coming from somebody else. Yeah. Um, It also made me a little nervous because not that necessarily three white guys on a podcast should be talking about this, but the show has been a little dicey when it's come to racial politics before. They've been not uh, in the past. I think at least one episode in season one, there was when Shadow Moon got hung and then episode uh, season two, where they tried to loop back to that again. So I am curious to hear what other people have to say about this, but just on a visual level, like you're saying, Pete, I think it worked very well. And I also like the fact like we talked about in the last episode, that they're trying to work in these other mythologies that feel good for the life of the show, like working in African mythologies, working in Native American mythologies. So it just doesn't feel like Norse mythology versus technology, which is kind of this mode that we've gotten into. Well, I feel like they sort of have to. You can't do this show without touching on um, the African gods that would have been brought to America on slave ships. So I, I do think... This felt like the best version of them touching on it uh, without it feeling sort of overly heavy handed and just the awkwardness that it seems like they felt addressing it in the earlier uh, seasons. I like that they sort of incorporated the language of the civil rights movement into um, some of the stuff as it built up. It felt like there was some intention there for a change. Yeah. Let's talk about the Shadow Moon Technical Boy team up. Uh, I've already said that I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, It doesn't. (laughs) 
this is probably too strong to say. I feel like it doesn't make a lot of sense just in the span of the show because Technical Boy has been such a wild, insane character to have them be like, we're buddy cops teaming up on the street, but it's fun to watch. And that's almost more important in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Because if anything, I was like, so Technical Boy came onto the show being like this badass, like slick dude. And now he's just like a straight up goof goober kid who's like bad at everything. Um, but I, I agree. Like, I thought it was really good. I like that he's like a little fucked up, but he's also likes Shadow, it seems like. Yeah. Like they're friends. <laughs> I don't know if that. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I do. I was from very... the technical boy side. I think he's like, yeah, this guy's cool. He's like fighting. He's in this with us. Like it felt like they were like mixing it up. Well, it also, maybe this is something that they're heading towards. I don't think they're quite there yet, though they've certainly hinted at it. But it feels like it's blurring the lines, right? Like we've had new gods versus old gods. That is the setup of the show. If they're getting to a place where they're all kind of occasionally working together and doing other stuff, I'm not quite sure what the overall goal is. It's basically the office. It's the office. Oh, there you go. Technical Boy is uh, the Rain Wilson of the show. 100% the Dwight Schrute. Yeah. Wow. wow. And <laughs> Shadow Moon is the gym? Definitely. Gloria okay. Pam. Oh, no. Mr. Wow. No. Mr. Do not. Do not compare those two. That is awful. Mr. Wednesday is the Michael Scott. That's exactly right. That's a, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It, it's a perfect analogy. I feel like uh, Technical Boy is probably the Toby because everybody hates him. Interesting. So where does that yeah. throw? Oh, Salim. Salim is kind of the Toby. Because Mr. That's, Wednesday is like, get the fuck out of here. That's 100% accurate. Yeah. I, honestly, I think some of these episodes are just lost scripts that they threw in some like lasers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did want to yes, say please. I was very happy they picked up right where we left off in that room. Uh, and it was great to see uh, Shadow Moon beat the crap out of Technical Boy a bunch. And then I really liked the part where he was like, apology never accepted. That was great. That was really... Uh, I have a question about that. Either Technical Boy is very light, like he has bird bones or something, or Shadow Moon has definitely amped up the amount of strength that he has, right? Something feels like it's going on there. I think he's light. I don't think he weighs a lot, Um, but, you know, maybe he is amped up. Maybe he's getting more godlike, you know? That was my suspicion. Yeah, probably both. I mean, Technical Boy is like a bunch of microchips, right? So he's easy to pick up. He's getting too technical for this shit. Uh, And Shadow is probably a little stronger as he's in Lakeside. Wednesday's like juicing him up a little bit. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's talk about about Mr. Wednesday, I guess, Uh, because that's kind of its own (laughs) what? (laughs) No, it's its own contained thing. I mean, it's pretty simple in terms of what happens, right? He goes into a bar, gets wasted. Fights with Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson blows up the bar. Then he pretends to be crazy so that he can get to meet her back, is I assume what's happening here. Yeah, he's going to be locked up in the the God convalescent home, and they're going to be like, "Look, we have so much in common. Uh, so let's be let's be friends. Let's be married again." I think it's smart. He's like, "All right, well, if I can't break her out, I'm going to have to break in." You know, the classic move. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I loved the. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go, Pete. I was just going to say, I really loved how he lost his marbles. Uh, you know, that was just fun to see that kind of uh, 
actor lose it like that and run around. Listen, since season one, since they announced the show, fans have been begging for an Ian McShane nude scene. Like, since day one. That was hashtag Ian McShane nude on American Gods, please, was trending. And it has not stopped trending for years at this point. Uh, and finally, it happened. So I'm really happy for the fans. Is the main thing. Yeah, I mean, I heard Twitter shut down the hashtag because it was getting too big. <laughs> the line a, "a monkey shat in my pants" was, I mean, just so well delivered. It's just, it's really. If he doesn't yeah. win, a, you know, something for that, that was just really. The delightful. other thing that I thought was interesting about this plot line, and we certainly talked about her a bit. Um, I, I put in a lot of work here. I did the research, but the character's name is Cordelia. <laughs> the woman who's driving him around. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. Which I thought was kind of interesting, just mm-hmm. in terms of Cordelia being a very loaded name in terms of mythology. She's potentially a seer, which certainly, uh, in some forms, which certainly ties into her l- being a hacker, looking into technology. But also, Justin, I believe you're a classically trained actor. Are you familiar with the wow. play King Lear? King Lear. Uh, I'm, um, that's a, uh, it's one of those like sort of dance. It's like a dance, uh, Broadway. Yeah, yeah. It's like a river dance type thing. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. I've tread the boards in Lear. Well, so, uh, just talking a little bit about who Cordelia is and potentially, I mean, I think like, go, go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, she's one of uh, Kingler's daughters um, here in the play, um, and uh, that's all I really know about that, I guess. Isn't she, uh, she the oldest daughter who rejects him? Well, not rejects him, but uh, says, doesn't give him a gift, but just loves him, right? Wait a she's second. The fav- Is she's Salvin the favorite Is more daughter. classically trained than Justin right now? Is that what's happening? Uh, no, I don't. Well, maybe. I don't know. We've never truly had a bard off. <laughs> I guess my point is, I mean, we've been talking about that weird note where he introduces her as the fiance, but she seems more like Shadow Moon 2.0. And yes. I think if her name is Cordelia, that potentially points to, yes, he is in fact, she is in fact his daughter, potentially the oldest daughter, potentially the favorite daughter. Um, and certainly with him going mad this episode, similar to how Kate Lear does, they seem to be following a bit of that plot line, I would venture. Yes. Um, I, I'm I also, curious how that... Okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I also really am happy with Shadow Moon as a character was taking... Would always be like, okay, Wednesday. Like, I'm really happy he's sticking to his guns here and being like, no, man, fuck off. I'm in the middle of something. Uh, I appreciate the fact that he's kind of really trying to do what is right and go after a bill quest here. I, I think it's nice. Well, he's trusting his visions, I think, is what um, what's happening. But you mean I don't the Buffalo? know. Trusting yeah. the Buffalo? Exactly. Go Bills. Uh, I'm just curious um, where those visions are coming from at the end of the day, mm. uh, really. Um, because. Do you think he's being manipulated once again? What? I mean, that's, that's the whole Mooch? thing of oh. this show. It's just constant shadow manipulation. And Dang at it. least now he's taking ownership of some aspects of it and uh, the direct manipulation that Wednesday is trying to do, he does seem like he's able to say no. Um, but I will say the, um, the pool table shots really made me miss bars uh, watching. Oh, yeah. That that was cool. Oh. Remember those? Remember when yes. you play pool at a bar? Oh man. Yes. 
uh, the that's what I'm worshiping, worshiping right now. Um, and that Marilyn Manson was funny and weird to see, yeah. like capital A acting. Mm-hmm. It it's weird. I'm, I mean, it definitely took me out of the scene, but Ian McShane, who is a fantastic actor, I wonder what was going through his head when he was like, I'm acting opposite Marilyn Manson. (laughs) That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Pete, did you like the cars and motorcycles in the parking lot? Yeah, that was nice. That was cool. The bike doing donuts. Um, and nice shot when the bar exploded of Cordelia. I thought that was really well done as well. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk this about whole, That whole thing was very from dusk till dawn is my reference there. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Bilquis. We yes. started to chat about her a little bit, but her whole thing with Miss World changing into Mr. World, being interrogated, trying to figure out who she is. Uh, what jumped out to you about that particular part of the plot line? Uh, I I really love the Bilquis stuff, especially just like just the shots of her face, just as she's like trying to figure it out and piece it together. And when she can't come up with her own name was really heartbreaking and very moving. Also, really fun moments, too, where like Bilquist is kind of like having this dance you know, and then it's the shot of the guard looking in. And it looks like she's getting down to crazy heavy metal. That was fun. You know, like there there was a lot with the uh, Billcrest in a, just one little cell. So it was very cool how creatively they came at that. Um, I was really impressed with that whole sequence. Yeah, I liked all of that um, as well. Just from the beginning where we see the fight sequence at the top of the episode and all the way through that last bit, I thought, yeah, I thought it just visually it was very well done. What did we think of? So we haven't seen Ms. World since the first episode, right? Right. And then she comes back here and is instantly transformed into Mr. World. Right. Very weird. So weird. And like the the Ms. the Ms. World stuff, it feels very melodramatic. She's just like ranting to herself in her office. And then instantly becomes Mr. World and we're like, "Oh yeah, right. Isn't well, this just the way it should be?" I yeah, but that's the thing like I appreciated that because I was like was like, "Oh, wait, is she still Mr. World? So the fact that they turned into Mr. World for a little bit was like, oh, thank you. Okay, now I feel like more. I was hoping it would turn back or whatever, but just I felt like it was a little nod to like, remember, this is who this is, in case you were confused. I, I don't know. I mean, it really took me out and made me wonder, given all the churn behind the scenes, whether this is both of those actors' schedules, Crispin Glover and I'm forgetting who plays Miss World. I'm sorry, but... uh the fact that she is on one set and that he comes out for one episode, maybe, I don't know. We haven't seen the entire season. Uh, it's weird to me. Like it was really nice to see him back to your point, Justin. It feels like two totally different characters in terms of the performances and not that the actress who's playing Miss world should necessarily be aping Crispin Glover since that seems humanly impossible. But I wish there is at least a nod there in that direction if they were going to bring him back. It feels like they didn't make a decision to me, you know? Yeah, it's a little weird. It was definitely in my in an episode that I really liked. It was my least favorite part because it seems unintentional. Everything else seems so intentional, and this feels very like, oh, yeah, we had a hard time lining up schedules for this one, so we did this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we could get Chris Glover back for one day. Yeah. He's too busy caring for rats or whatever he does normally. Yeah, living Willard, real life Willard. Yeah. Um, 
do we want to talk about Laura Moon a little more in depth here? No. Well, I, no. I think that was the last thing we were going to get to. I was going to save that for the end with all the yelling and everything that's going to happen. Uh, just the last thing I wanted to say about Bilquis, though. I don't know if it struck you guys this way, but with the whole what is Bilquis's real name? Who is she really? It feels very comic book retconny to me. Not in a bad way, but mm. it feels like one of those plot lines where it's like, you're not this. You're actually the Celestial Madonna or whatever, you know? Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier on in this uh, season. It felt like Bilquis was sort of wandery for a bit. And it's mm-hmm. like she's the one old god that was drifting over to the new gods and was right. being courted by them. But then uh, last season, it felt like she was uh, sort of connecting with African-American community, trying to be that. And it, like it was just a little bit all over the place. And now here, it does feel like maybe they're like, okay, this is what it is. Because it definitely felt like Mr. World showing up and was like, you got to join the new gods. And she was like, that's not, I'm past that, is what it felt Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about Laura Moon. Let's talk about the plot line. Uh, I thought this was great. I loved how this was executed. I thought the scenes in Purgatory with Laura going around and chatting with everybody were a lot of fun. Um, Talking to, what did she call him? The purgatory guy and he was like purgatory guide that was a yeah. fun little line yeah uh, but then her the way that she got sucked out of purgatory and back great. to life was great beautiful the, shot the, the best was what he said after that was like did anybody else just see that that was hysterical super fun and pete you had to like the fact that one of the first things she did after coming back to life was eat a candy bar you love candy bars That's first right. off don't try to win me over with that bullshit Okay. Pete, you love eating candy bars whole and never like biting them up or cutting them or anything. Just suck them in. Unhinge your jaw and just suck them in like a snake. Because you don't don't want to do one half and then another half. Yeah. You see how she rolled down the wrapper? It's like you pull the wrapper out of your mouth when you're done. Like, what is she? How did she even eat? Like, that was just. Wait, what's the uh, the tagline? Snakes love three musketeers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I hope you're happy with that. Uh, Uh, I. uh, it's Probably should have gone for Snickers now that I think of it. <laughs> I think it. <laughs> I don't think you, you landed it. Wait, let's rewind. Is what's the tagline? Snakes love Snickers. Did you say let's rewind? I don't know yeah. if you know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa! Time out. Uh, oh, you are. Happening? You've always been the Zach Morris of the podcast. Oh man, don't inflate his ego any more than it already is. Please. Hey, cut it out. Oh man, nope. <laughs> wow, that is wildly wrong. I, it's just upsetting because this person is completely awful, and she's constantly rewarded. That nice person, like, gave her the remains of the leprechaun. Like, he went way out of his way for this lady. Uh, just awful, man. Just it's not. just leprechaun ashes. He was just going to throw them away. <laughs> you ever get some of those? Like at a truck stop or something? <laughs> I put a little bit in my coffee every morning. <laughs> wow. Ooh, wow. Really spice it up. It spices it up. It just it starts, gets my day started off in a little lucky way. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Uh, I, I thought this was great. I nope. think Laura Moon, we've seen her sort of come she's to terms. Awful. She's, she's an she's awful maybe person. Maybe not. She's... She's, she's not to blame for her faults quite as much as she thought. And so I think she's coming back to Earth. She's alive again. And now Bullshit. she can actually make the, some good choices, I think. Like, we get to see her. She's immediately looking for Mad Sweeney, not concerned at all about Shadow. Because I think she loves Mad Sweeney, or, or loved him. Or uh, realizes great, that she loves him. 
Yes. And we get this great like rom-com style montage, but it's just all their fights and fist fights. I thought that was super fun. Um, she grabs the coin and she's going to go to Cairo I t- with the I ashes. T- I was very happy because for a moment there when she was like looking at that hill and it's the glowing thing. And I was like, oh, God, don't go ruin Shadow Moon's life. He's finally out in his own. And I was so happy when it was the diner and not Shadow Moon. I like that. That was a nice feint uh, on yes. the part of the show. Just Agreed. well done overall. And like you're saying, Justin, I'm really curious to see what they do with Laura going forward, how Emily Browning plays it, how they write it. I think there's probably a real temptation to make her the same mean, sarcastic asshole that she's been for two and a half seasons at this point. So I'm curious to see what her character becomes next over the course of this journey, particularly care. when she finally moves past Mad Sweeney. Who is she? You know, she's told that she has some sort of destiny before her. She has powerful enemies. So what does that mean? What is her place in the show I hope now, we get to just see point. her die over and over again. That would be fun. I have it on pretty good authority. You can be a sarcastic asshole and still be a pretty cool dude at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> You're a classically trained sarcastic asshole, right? And it took so long. God, wow. the training. Yep. Uh, and one little note about the storyline that I thought was interesting, the truck driver that picks her up, it felt like there was something going on with her, right? Like, I feel like... I don't know. It seemed very specific in terms of where they featured that truck driver in the shot. It was was Large Marge. Oh, yeah. It was Large Marge. Large Marge callback. Nailed it. It's a Large Marge prequel. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll see what happens next. Becoming Marge. Uh, Before we start to wrap up here, any final thoughts about this episode? Or any, uh, any things that we didn't touch on? Pete, I'm sure there were some cars or candy bars or something. Yeah, like a bicycle yeah, you liked. I'm, I mean, Is there got, some sort the, of the oh. we got the shot out of you know the bike doing donuts before it exploded, so that was nice. Sure. I'm just kind of scrolling through my notes here. If you guys wanted to talk amongst yourselves, uh, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, let us know. Uh, when you're I like the scene in the diner. We didn't talk about this with Cordelia got a bunch of burner phones. Wednesday being cautious about them but then immediately typing in 21 numbers that was a fun little conversation there and on the other side of that the dude being like that's an encrypted burner phone and then it rings in technical voice like it's for you shadow and he's like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i did like that i know i was down on shadow moon just being like what's up mr wednesday and the chatting on the phone last episode but Mm -hmm. now that we've established that i think i'm cool with it going forward that this is just part of the show it feels a little more hangy a little less more specific a little more just general tv show but if this is what it is all good i love general tv yeah the guy that who's like for the great little rate just call the general it takes some time (laughs) yeah the him and shack team up is a great one too that's that's just like technical boy yeah and in shadow uh pete any did you find anything in your notes or can we move on uh, are you just are you just looking at a calculator? Yeah, I'm just looking. At, I'm just writing boobs in the calculator. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked when uh, I liked when you know Wednesday's kind of uh, daughter, if the, that becomes true, uh, calls Shadow Moon and is kind of freaking out. And I liked how um, not only was Shadow Moon unflappable, but also kind of like, yeah, it's okay, it's gonna be all right. I I like their relationship and i'm looking forward to more of that as the season moves on 
Cool. Well, to that point, let's wrap up. Who was worthy of your worship this episode? Pete, let's go to you first. Who is worthy of your worship this episode? I'm going to go with Shadow Moon. I appreciate the fact that he was beating the crap out of Technical Boy. And uh, I do. Uh, I really think that. But a lot of funny moments in the show. So uh, I've been. It was a great app. Justin, what about you? You know I'm going to give it up for Laura Moon and all of her traveling from the afterlife to the regular life to the love life, which is what she's uh, making happen right now. Uh, I'm going to give it up for Marilyn Manson. Just really great to see him getting it back into acting again. Um, I saw him play King Lear back in the day, and it was Uh, stunning. So. Great to see him doing it again this episode. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about American Gods. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at a Godcast on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, remember, snakes love mounds. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's even worse somehow. (laughs) 